Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, let's go over tonight to Isaiah chapter 1. And I will receive the tithe and offering after uh, the message. There's some things that um, uh, I know we've been ministering on forgiveness, and I don't know that we're done with that, but uh, just studying this afternoon, um, the Lord began to talk to me about some things, and uh, it uh, it has to do with, with finances, some of it, but... Uh, He's been dealing with me a lot about obedience recently. And, um, you know, obedience or the lack of obedience uh, in a lot of situations is the hindrance that people come up against. And uh, it's much deeper than it just appears on the surface. All right? In Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19 it's a, it's a familiar passage uh, that we've quoted very often. And uh, it says in verse 19, Isaiah 1, 19, if you, are, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land, but if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So we read that first line, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. We've talked about you know, there are people that are willing to be, you know, prosperous, willing to be healed, willing to be used by God. And then there's the other side of that, which is, is the obedience, and that's kind of where we leave it. But they're, they're equals, willing and obedient. It's not one is more important than the other, all right? They're, they're both uh, equal. So there's the willingness, and then there's the obedience, all right, ever, ever what that may be in, in the area of uh, what you want from God, what you need from God, but it comes down to that area of obedience, and <clears throat> it affects finances, it affects uh, the ability to do what God wants people to do with their lives, uh, because obedience is a requirement. You remember when Saul, uh, the king of Israel, uh, Samuel came to him and said, the Lord said that he wants you to go and basically exact judgment on Amalek for what they did to the people of Israel when they came into the promised land. And so he said, you need to go and you, you need to destroy all of them. He said, men, women, old men, old women, everybody. All right, don't, let, don't spare anybody. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, that that we don't have time to get into, but here's the point. So the Bible says that he went and that he exacted a lot of judgment on them. I mean, he, he probably, they probably destroyed thousands upon thousands of people that day. But here's the thing. It says that when it came to the king, he spared the king. And it says he spared the best of the livestock. And then he came back and the Lord had already talked to Samuel and said, it repents me that I've made him king over Israel because he didn't do what I told him to do. And Samuel came and Saul said, you know, uh, I've done the will of the Lord. He said, well, what's this sheep that I hear? And, and why is this king here? Right? And he said, well, he said, uh, uh, the people, the people wanted to bring the livestock back. Right? And uh, he said, and we brought them back to sacrifice to the Lord. And remember what he said? He said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience. In other words, your obedience was the offering I was looking for, not these animals that you brought back. I wanted your obedience. And, and, and if you'll remember, in, in two instances in the life of Saul, 
and we don't have time to get into them, but in two instances, in the first instance, right after he had been made king, Samuel told him, he said, now here's what I want you to do. You're going to go down here and you're going to wait, and I'm going to be there in a certain number of days, and then we'll hear from the Lord about what you need to do. Well, the Philistines were attacking Israel, and the Bible says that Saul waited and waited, and it looked like Samuel wasn't coming, so he went ahead and offered the sacrifice, and then Samuel showed up. And he said, what'd you do? He said, I told you I was coming. And, and notice again, he said, well, the people. See, Saul always had excuses for his disobedience. Why I'm not being obedient? Because the people wanted to bring these animals back. The people looked like they were going to leave me. And Samuel said to him, he said, you know, today God would have set the kingdom in your house forever. He said, but not now. Not now. Because what did he say? He said, because God has sought him a man after his own heart. And, and that the, the key with David, people very often put the emphasis on repentance, and it was, but the key with David was his obedience to do what God asked him to do the way that God asked him to do it. That was the key. Amen. And so Isaiah says, if you're willing and obedient, willing and obedient, oh, hallelujah. So there, there comes this time that I've got to look and say, am I being obedient to what God's been asking me to do because there's certain things that I want and there's things that I want to see and things that I want to see come to pass. And if there's a hindrance, this could be part of the problem. I'm not saying it is, but it could be part of the issue. Amen. When God asks you to do something, the proper response is to obey that in, what, in whatever area. Now, here, here's the thing. I've watched this over the years uh, with, with myself and with others. You know, when God asks me to do something, I'm kind of a nuclear option kind of person. You know, I mean, it's all or nothing. That's, that's just how I am. And, you know, for instance, the Lord has been talking to me a lot the last six months, five months or so about distractions and being careful with distractions and the things that are going, you know, things that just rob your time, not necessarily wrong things, but just things that rob your time. Well, just my personality is now I'm, you know, I've been looking at things that are robbing my time, and it's just the nuclear option. Boom, just, they're gone, right? They're gone. I'm not messing with it no more. Uh, the Lord had been dealing with me for some time about uh, uh, coffee, dr stopping coffee. Now, I'm not saying you should stop coffee. I'm just saying, but here's, here's, here's the issue. I knew the Lord was talking to me about that. I knew he was, right? Amen. And so when I finally decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this, I decided on a Saturday evening, I'm going to do this, it was gone. It was all gone by Sunday morning. I'm not going to have it in the house. I'm not going to have it accessible. That, that's me, right? Now, that's, that's, I'm, I'm saying this for a reason. That's how I respond to things, okay? We're, gonna, we're getting rid of this. See, here's the thing where obedience is concerned. For instance, people know the devil. They know their enemy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But here's the thing, my family. You know you. I know me. Is that right? Amen. I remember one time I was traveling with my pastor to a minister's conference in Texas, and we were talking. He had just transitioned over in at Agape Church, and for years, for the whole time he had pastored Agape, he, he, had, he would study all day Saturday and Saturday evening, and that, that was his regimen. And he told me when we were on the plane, he said, uh, you know, I still do that. It's not pastoring, but he said, I still do that. And he said, because I know me. And he said, if I start letting the discipline up on me, then I'll start letting things slide. I know me. Is that right? I heard him ministering a, a message one time, and he was, he was teaching uh, on uh, how to have victory, and he, he quoted uh, Sun Tzu from The Art of War, 
and he made this statement. Sun Tzu made this statement in The Art of War. He said, if you know your enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the results of 100 battles because you know your enemy and you know yourself. Is that right? You know your enemy and you know yourself. And so the key is, I know me. So that's why I take the nuclear option where obedience is concerned. Why? Because it becomes something that if obedience, when is obedience disobedience? When is delayed obedience? Delayed obedience is disobedience. If, 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 for instance, if a parent comes and asks a child, I need you to go in the kitchen and pick up the mess that you had on the table or whatever the case may be, and, and then they walk out of the room and the child watches TV for 30 more minutes, well, they have not obeyed. Yeah, but they did it, but they didn't do it when you asked them to. Is that right? See, this is important because especially in the area of finances, I found that what hinders a lot of people is disobedience. There has to be a level of obedience where that's concerned. I'm not just talking about tithing and giving. I'm talking about being obedient. We'll look at some scriptures in just a moment about being obedient to the things that God asks you to do when God asks you to do it. You know, the Lord said something one time to a friend of mine, and he said, uh, you know, very often he said, if you talk to, to, to people about sowing seed, he said, uh, if, if I ask you to sow $10,000, he said, you might not have that money in your pocket, but you'd sow what you had. Why? Because you want to be obedient as quickly as you can. Why? Because if I'm willing and obedient, I will eat the good of the land. Is that right? I will eat the good of the land. And something that the Lord has said to us in the word that he gave us, he talked about this was a year that we were going to have to stay with the word and act on the word. Obedience to what the word of God says is key in the year that we're living in. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And over and over again, he's talked to us about that. I was praying the other day. And the Lord was talking about different things in the ministry, buildings and different things that he was, uh, we've been working on. And he made this statement to me. He said, your building is going to come to you in one day. Not one day from then. One day, it's just going to happen. Right? The times of your building is in my hand, and it's just going to come to you in one day. But the Lord told me to expand that and tell everybody in our fellowship and in our churches, God's going to do things for you this year in one day. It's going to be one way this, this day, and the next day it's going to be different. And we've already seen it. We've already seen it happen in people's lives. Already seen it happen. Amen. I talked to a couple one time uh, 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 in the Little Rock location, and they had moved to Little Rock to be a part of the ministry, and they'd, they'd moved from another country and came to be a part of the ministry. And they were living in, in the house. They owned the house, but they had no furniture. They, they had beds. That was all they had. Amen. And uh, I, was, I, I went out to coffee with this young man and was talking with him. And uh, uh, God laid on our heart to help them and laid on our heart to get other people involved. Do you know the very next day they had a whole house full of furniture? The very next day, one day. I texted him that evening and I said, one day, huh? One day, one day. Well, what was, how did that one day miracle occur? People were obedient. Your financial independence is just on the other side of your obedience. It's just on the other side of your obedience. Just, just recently, the Lord uh, talked to me and my wife about sowing two seeds, significant seeds, into the lives of some people. Amen. And uh, uh, once we both had the amount and what God wanted us to give, it was just a matter of getting it done. Amen. I FaceTimed her tonight. They, they were getting ready to go to church, so I FaceTimed and was talking to them. And she said, oh, by the way, 
I wanted to show you something. We're already getting a harvest on our seed. We sowed the seed two days ago, and we're already getting a harvest today. See, it's not a formula. It's when is the time to act when God says, I want you to do this. This is the key. Amen. And he said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. He said to us over and over again, you know what? April's going to be a very big month for you. Amen. By or on or by April 11th, a lot of things are going to happen good. Amen. So, so what's the key? Be very careful about your obedience and what God's asking you to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at a few things. 1 Kings 17. Oh, hallelujah. There are things that can seem challenging, but obedience produces a, uh, a surety because I know I'm doing what I was asked to do. In uh, 1 Kings 17 and uh, verse 3, this is when the Lord spoke to Elijah and told him there would not be dew or rain for those years according to the word, his word. And verse 2 says, The word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn eastward, and hide yourself by the brook Cherith. That is before Jordan, and it shall be that you'll drink of the brook, and I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, before he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith. That is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Oh, Hallelujah. Now, we've talked about the place called there, all right, of course. But notice something. What I want you to see here is there equals obedience. He said, you go there. Notice, he said, go to the brook Cherith, that's before Jordan, and I've commanded the ravens to feed you there, not somewhere else. I've commanded them to be there. See, the time to sow is when God says to sow. This is important. The Lord gave us that Holy Spirit song some number of years ago. I'm going to stay where the Lord says stay. I'm going to sow where the Lord says sow. I'm going to reap where the Lord says reap. Right? In, in the book of Genesis, you don't have to go there, but the Bible says there was a famine in the land, and the Lord spoke to Isaac and said, don't go sojourn to Egypt. Don't go to Egypt, but stay here, sojourn in the land. Right? And, and it says Isaac sowed in that land where there was a famine, and in the same year he reaped a hundredfold. The, the hundredfold reaping was not just a result of the seed he put in the ground. It was a result of the obedience to stay where God told him to stay. If people understood obedience, they would never get frustrated with you because you've got to do what God tells you. Most people that I know do not understand obedience. And that's why things that God asks people to do bothers them. Because they don't understand obedience. If God asks you to do something, you do realize you really don't have a choice. If you want to do what God wants you to do. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And so when someone says this is what God wants us to do, maybe it involves a change, maybe it involves a, a different way of doing things, then I need to be rejoicing and I need to be uh, uh, happy that God's doing something instead of thinking another, another thought process about that. Because we want everybody, say out loud, I want everybody to be obedient. See, you, you want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want you blessed. I want you to be obedient. And so notice, it says that he went and did what the Lord said. And sure enough, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Oh, hallelujah. But then the brook dried up. And the word of the Lord came saying, Get to Zarephath that belongeth to Zidon and dwell there. In verse 9, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. 
or to provide for you. He arose and went to Zarephath. Now, so we see his obedience. But here's the thing. He's going to the land of the Gentiles looking for a widow. Who, unless she has a grown son or a grown family, doesn't have any way to make a living. Oh, glory. But he went. And when he came to the gate of the city, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, fetch me, I pray you, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a, little, a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord God lives, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel, a little oil and a cruise. I am gathering two sticks that I may go in, dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Now, very often we, we, we skip over something because we say, well, Elijah said, well, okay, but make me something first. No, notice what he said. He said unto her, number one, do not fear. If you're going to be obedient, you got to conquer fear. You got to push fear out of the way. All right? Because that stops more people from being obedient than any other thing I know. Is fear. There's fear of sowing a seed. What am I going to do? If I sow this amount, what am I going to do? There's fear to take the step that God wants them to take and step out and do what God wants them to do. All right? So he starts off by saying, notice, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. The second aspect of that you have to uh, uh, overcome in obedience is you've got to just go do what God said. Don't be afraid. Just go do it. That, that's the key. There was a very famous football coach, and he was famous for telling his men, fellas, just do your job. Just do your job. That's Just do your job. Our job as believers is just be obedient. Don't fear. Just go do what God said. I can step out. I can start doing it. Amen? Amen. And he said, go and do as you've said, but make me thereof a little cake first. So don't fear, go do what you said, make you and your son something to eat, but make me one first. Now there's the obedience. All right? Do, do what? Now how's she going to do that? Because she already said, I only got enough for one cake. So how's she going to make them one and him one? Because her obedience is going to produce something. See, God knew. God knew what he was going to do. It was, it, was, it was incumbent on her obedience. God always had the plan to multiply the meal and sustain the cruise of oil, but if he'd have went there and she wouldn't have done it, there was no reason to do it. God sent the man of God there to be sustained. He brought this woman the anointing she needed for things that she was going to face, and it was incumbent upon her to be obedient to what the man of God said, and the blessings would begin to flow. Glory be to God. Amen. And then he said, notice, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal will not waste, the cruise of oil, neither will the cruise of oil fail, till the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Now, we don't know exactly how long this was after the Lord said that there will not be dew or, or rain except at my word, but we know that lasted for three and a half years. So there's a pretty good indication here, however many days it took for the brook to dry up. She's looking at three years, something like that. And notice what it says. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. Now, why is that so important? That needs, we need to put our name in there. And Philip went and did according to what God said. Right? Dan went and did what God said. Jeremy went and did what God said. Right? And no, notice the result. And she and he and her house did eat many days. Now, there's, there's a drought on. There's a famine on. How are they eating? People say, well, because of the, the miracle. Because of her obedience. They're eating because she was obedient. See, people will say she was eating because of Elijah's anointing. She was eating because of her obedience. 
Elijah is as anointed here as he's ever been. But if this woman isn't obedient, the, the anointing can't flow. Glory be to God. And the barrel of meal did not waste, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord that he spake by Elijah. Oh, glory to God. And what that all hinge on? Her obedience. Her obedience. There was a young couple in the church one time, and they, they were like a lot of young couples are. You know, uh, they, they didn't know a lot about the word when they got married, and, and they were struggling. They, they weren't living, living hand to mouth. You know, that's not fun. Hand to mouth's not fun. And uh, so I was ministering one night, and I made a statement. I said, the only way out of your financial poverty is to give your way out. You got to sow your way out. Well, that made them mad. They didn't like that. Well, here's the thing. Why did they not like that? Because they were focused on what they didn't have. Instead of on the answer, however small it may look, that they had in their pocket. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you see that? Glory to God. You know, when, when I first started learning about the things about prosperity, about God's system of finance, man, I wanted to give so bad, I just didn't have anything to give. I had no money. I had, no, I, I had nothing to give. But I began to understand something. The Bible says God will give seed to the sower. Right? So as things begin to come in, I begin to understand I can sow a seed. And we've talked very often in this church about the Lord asking me to give my whole paycheck. Well, listen, God didn't work on me first about the principles of prosperity. He worked on me first about the blessing of obedience. If I understand the blessing of obedience, I don't fear a faith step. If I understand the blessing of obedience, I won't fear a faith step. When a child understands the blessing that comes from obedience, they don't mind being obedient. And so the first thing God had to get in my mind was being obedient to sow. I could see that he wanted to bless me. That's why I wanted money to sow, because I knew he would bless me. But he had to work that, that concept of obedience into my heart so that when he asked me to do something, I would do it. See, obedience is absolute evidence that you trust God. When, it, when a person is not obedient to what God wants them to do, it's evident they don't trust him. Disobedience is evidence of distrust or dishonor. Amen. That, that's so important. And, that, and that's why the enemy works to try to get people, especially in the area of their finances, to look at what they need and look at what they have. Does that make sense? Because, because they think, well, if, if, I, if, I, if I just preserve this, then I can take care of this. But they can't. They can't because just enough will never be enough. Is that right? Have, have you ever been there where you're just, you just got enough? And it's like at the end of the pay period, you got a few dollars left over, and it's, boy, is that all? Right? So I've got to come to that place where I say, Lord, what would you have me to do in my financial situation? How would you have me to do this? All right? With, for instance, with Elijah, first of all, was it you need to go there because that's where the provision's coming. I remember uh, some number of years ago, the Lord told me specifically, he said, I don't ever want you to be in the presence of your pastor that you don't have a seed ready to sow. Well, there were things that he was wanting to do in our lives. But what's my part in that arena? Obedience. When I'm there, have a seed. Is that right? 
Amen. What's my part? Tell your neighbor, my part is obedience. See, that you, you got to understand that. When you can go before God and say, Lord, I've been obedient to what you asked me to do. Listen, when, when Hezekiah, when Isaiah came and said, set your house in order because you're going to die, right? Remember, he had asked, am I going to be recovered? And the prophet shows up and says, no, set your house in order. You're going to die. The Bible says he turned his face to the wall and began to tell God, I've walked in your statutes. I've walked in your ordinances. I've been obedient to what you asked me to do. Spare my life. And the Bible says before Isaiah got out of the courtyard, God said, go back and tell him I've given him 15 years. Is that right? Based on what? How did he plead his case? What led, what led up to him pleading his case? What was the main part of him pleading his case? I've been obedient to what you asked me to do. Amen. Did, do you see that? You, listen, you can say things like, Father, I'm in the church you told me to be in. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting under the pastors you told me to sit under. I'm doing what you asked me to do. It's, it's obedience. That, that is the key. Oh, hallelujah. So, for instance, for him, it was being there. It was doing what God told him to do. For the woman, it was sowing the seed that the man of God said needed to be sowed. So, where your finances are concerned, you're asking God, what do I need to do? What seed do you want me to sow? Where do you want me to sow it? How do you want me to sow it? Right? Every giving opportunity is a wonderful opportunity, but there are times that God will say, I want you to sow now, and I want you to sow in expectancy because he's got something that's going to come to you quickly. Oh, hallelujah. Look at, uh, you're right there in uh, 1 Kings 17. Let's go over to 2 Kings 4. And verse 1, it says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know your servant did fear the Lord. The creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your handmaid doesn't have anything in the house save a pot of oil. And he said, go borrow vessels abroad of all your neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few, and when you come in, you shall shut the door upon you and your sons and pour out into all those vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full. Now, here's the key. And she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. Now, you know, we hear things, and, and we've heard this, these, this account a number of times, but note, notice something. The man of God didn't say, well, let me see. Let me go back to the sons of the prophets, the prophet school, and, and we'll, uh, we'll get into the beneficiary fund and see, can we help you? Right? There are people that want to depend on other people and they never get their dependence on God because they won't ever just obey God. I want my dependence on God. Right? I, you don't want your dependence on your job. You don't want your dependence on your family. You don't want your dependence on the government. Dear Lord, you want the government as far away from your finances as you can have them. Amen. But, he, but he, you understand? And so she said, listen, it's so bad, I don't have anything, and they have come and took my sons, and they got to work this debt off. And notice what he said, what do you have in the house? Got some oil, nothing but some oil. Okay, go borrow vessels. Now see, here's, here's the crux of the matter. She's got a choice. You know, it had been very easy to say, how's that going to help me? I need money. Not oil. Right? 
But people will go to God and start asking him about their need, and God will start talking about a seed, and they, they act the same way. Lord, I need something. I don't need to give. I need help. And God understands that, but he understands something. Anything people can give you is limited. A seed is unlimited. A seed will produce and produce and produce and produce and produce. Amen. You, I, everybody, we are all, if you're a sower, you are reaping seeds today, reaping a harvest today from seeds that you sowed who knows when, but they were sown. Amen. I I remember one time uh, Dr. Leroy Thompson was ministering, and he told the story. He was uh, in in a meeting with T.D. Jakes, and he was sitting there, and the Lord said, buy Jakes a pair of shoes. He said, I looked at his shoes and thought, he got some good shoes on. He, he don't need shoes. And the Lord said, buy him a pair of shoes. And so he asked him. He said, and he said a certain amount. He said, would this amount buy you a pair of shoes? He said, yeah. He said, okay. And he gave him that amount. And a few weeks later, somebody came up to him and gave him a check for a rather large amount. And he said, when I opened it up and looked at it, the Lord said, that's Jake's shoes. He didn't need shoes. You know, T.D. Jake's pretty well off. He's done pretty good for himself. Right? Just a little bit. Right? What, what was the key? Obedience. Sometimes you can look at people and the Lord will say, so into their life and you think, well, Lord, they don't need anything. I mean, why should I sow $20 into Jeremy's life? You see the car they pulled up in. They're doing all right. They're Okay. Amen. I want you to sow into this person's life. Now, Father, I know where they work. They make good money. I know they're okay. It's the obedience. He's looking for the obedience. Pastor Caldwell met with a millionaire businessman one time, and uh, he knew he was a millionaire businessman. And the Lord told him on the way over there, I want you to give him $100. And he said, Lord, he uses $100 for like, you know, his pocket handkerchief in his suit, you know. And he said, I want you to do it. And he gave him that $100. And the man looked at it and he said, I really appreciate that. And he said, well, it's just $100. He said, I know. He said, but you know, nobody ever gives me anything. Everybody always wants something from me. Well, the Lord blessed him because of that. You can't just look at someone and say, well, they don't need. It's not the need. God doesn't always want you sowing into somebody's life just because they have a need. God wants you sowing into their life because he needs your obedience. There are things God needs to get to me and wants to get to me, and it's going to require obedience. That's why I I went through the whole process of talking to you about the nuclear option in my life. There's no option. If God says, I want you to do this, gone. Why? There's something on the other side of that that I need. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, but the Lord's asked me to give $500, and I don't have $500. Well, do you think the Lord knew that you didn't have $500 when he asked you to give $500? Yes, he did. Did he say it had to be all at once? No, he didn't. So that means you can do it a dollar at a time, or $5 at a time, or $100 at a time. However you need to do it, as long as you are obedient. Here's the thing. Your harvest won't come in a dollar at a time, or $5 at a time. It'll come in in the exact proportion you need it, because you you were willing to be obedient. Your harvest is contingent on whether or not you're obedient. The moment you become obedient, your harvest is on the way. The moment. The very moment. Because your obedience puts it down to your credit. Glory be to God. So when God says, I need you to do this, and you say, okay, he goes, done. Now what's coming? The harvest. Oh, it's so important. I say it's so important. Hallelujah. I was, I was looking through my seed time and harvest journal the other day, uh, the morning I was praying. And uh, I, I mean, I, I, I tried, I, I, I haven't been 100% perfect, but I tried to write it all down. And I mean, I would write down $5, gave $5 to this child. I gave $20 to this child. I, I have, a, I have uh, entries in there. Gave $60 to the smart children. 
because they're smart. <laughs> Hallelujah. I didn't hear that, I don't think. <laughs> I, I hope. Praise God. Anyway, but, but why? Because, because I, need, I need, number one, to know what I can expect. And I can hold that up before the Lord and say, Lord, look, I've done what you asked me. To, I've done what you asked me to do. Oh, hallelujah. And when, when that, it begins with the obedience. So you don't want to look at somebody and think, well, they don't need, this won't help them. It's not always about helping them. It's just about you being obedient. Hallelujah. I, I think about the story I tell about us driving to church with no gas and running out on the way home. But before we left, a man gave me $20. I'm quite sure he didn't know why he was giving me that $20. God knew why he was giving it to me. I needed gas. Amen. You know, $20 even back then wouldn't feed the family, but it would fill the gas tank. This is important. I, he didn't know why he was giving it, but he was obedient. Hallelujah. That's why you don't want to let those things slide. There, there are things. I remember the Lord had told us to, to give a uh, certain amount to Brother Jerry in his, for his plane. And uh, I called him. I called him. When the Lord told me to do it, I called him. I said, the Lord told us so certain amount in your plane. I'm just calling to tell you we're going to do that. So I'm putting it out there. Now there's no, there's no walking it back because we're going to be obedient. Amen. Hallelujah. You want to know how I know that we're going to have a building? Because we've sold $40,000 or $30,000 into VTN and what they were doing. We sold $35,000 into Brother Jerry's building. It, it's, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Hallelujah. It's important. I say it's important. So this was her obedience. And it came to pass, verse 6, when the vessels were full... Now, notice she poured out, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, bring me another vessel. And he said, there's not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Now, when it says the oil stayed, the oil ceased because there's no more vessels. Then she came, told the man of God, he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and live you and your children on the rest. Now think about this. She had no other seed but her obedience. She didn't give anything to the man of God. She didn't put anything in the church. She just did what the man of God said. Hallelujah. It's important. Hallelujah. You, you see that in physical miracles all through the four Gospels. All through the four Gospels. Jesus met the blind, blind man, and he put clay in his eyes. And very often we talk about Jesus spitting and putting clay in his eyes. But watch. Now go wash and come forth seeing. What if he don't go wash? He's not coming forth seeing. Spit and clay and all. But he went and washed and came forth seeing. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. How many times do we see in the Bible? Peter, in the book of Acts, came into the city and it said he found Aeneas who had kept his bed that number of years and he was paralyzed. And he said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ of Nazareth heals you. Rise, take up your bed and walk. What if he said, well, I can't get up. There's no way I can get up. I can't get up and take up my bed. Eight, we would have read an Aeneas died in that bed. Because what was the spark? The obedience. They wheeled a man up right in, the, right in this church, right here in this very spot. In a, in a wheelchair. And my good friend Lawrence Benda looked at him and said, Brother, the Lord is telling me that if you'll try to get up, he'll bring you out of that chair. He'll heal you completely today. And I watched the man look at him and say, I can't do that. They wheeled him out. He could have walked out. And they wheeled him out. Hallelujah. See, I, I told you the story about the coffee. What's on the other side? of me not drinking coffee. I don't know yet, but I bet you it's good. So that bothers me when people say, oh, I can never do that. Then what you're saying is you are not willing to receive whatever God's got on the other side of what he's asking you to do. 
I hope he don't ever ask me to do that. Doesn't matter if he asks you to do that or not. What is he going to ask you to do? Am I helping you? Look at uh, 2 Kings 8. Ooh, glory. Hallelujah. That, that's the key. That's the key. 2 Kings 8, verse 1. Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, go in your household and sojourn wherever you can sojourn. The Lord's called for a famine, and it will come on the land seven years. Here's the key. And the woman rose and did after the saying of the man of God. Now, these things are so plain you can't get around them. The Lord says there's a famine coming. Now, you need to go wherever you can go. And she arose and did as the man of God said. Mm. Hallelujah. Now, notice. And it came to pass, verse 3, at the seven years in, the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. That's just what she had left, her house and her land. She went to make an appeal. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. Tell me, I pray you, all the great things Elisha's done. It came to pass he was telling the king how he'd restored a dead body to life. That behold, the woman whose son he'd restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my lord king, this is the woman. And this is her son that Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers. What was hers? House and land. Now, house and land are very good. They're very good things. But they're not as good when you don't have anything to go with them. You can have a nice house and an empty pantry. That's not good. Amen. And, but notice, and... All the fruits of the field since the day she left even until now. She left seven years before. And he said, so give her back her house and her lands and seven years worth of harvest. Seven years. Where did that start? And she arose and did after the saying of the man of God. What if she says no? She doesn't fare so well. Amen. Amen. That's important. I I mean, I know this sounds elementary, but that's the key. There are people that give and give, and they try to be faithful in their giving, and they tithe, and they give. They need to look at this. Need to look at this. Why? Because if I'm giving, hear, hear me when I say this, if I'm giving... I should be reaping. If I'm tithing, the devourer should be rebuked for my sake. Is that right? Why do you think the the Apostle Paul says, so when you give, don't give grudgingly or of necessity, give cheerfully. What is cheer evidence of? Obedience. Amen. My mother used to tell me, you're going to do it and you're going to be happy about it. Right? Because I I knew what would happen if I wasn't happy about it. She'd look at us and say, you can get happy in the same pants you got mad in. Well, well, why, why is that? Why is that important? Because my attitude is evidence of my desire to be obedient. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. There's a, a gentleman that... Uh, well, actually, has, has been coming to the Little Rock location for a number of years now. We're actually in April. Uh, he's going to be the pastor of Faith Builders Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And uh, when he came to the church, now he had, he had been uh, a minister, and, uh, uh, but he had hit, hit some hard times and uh, uh, went through some life challenges. And I, I don't want to say backslid, but just had let the call of God go. He's driving a cab. Uh, and uh, didn't, have any, didn't have a home. 
Didn't have anywhere to stay. He was sleeping in his cab. And uh, he, he turned on VTN one night and saw Pastor Michelle preaching on VTN. And he started tuning in regularly and found out that we had started the church there at Markham. And uh, in any event, he, uh, this is so important. He got up one Sunday and the Lord said, I want you to go to Faith Builders this morning. And so he said, uh, uh, but another friend had invited me to another church. And he said, so I, I was going to that church. He said, I pulled in the parking lot of that church, and the Lord said to me, I told you to go to Faith Builders. And he said, so I made a circle and, and came to Faith Builders. He said, but here was the thing. This blessed me so much. He said, I pulled up to Faith Builders and saw all them nice cars and saw all those people walking in there dressed so nice. He said, and I looked at the way I was dressed and thought, they'll never let me in there. And he said, so I pulled out and got back on Markham and was going down, down Markham. And the Lord said, I told you to go to that church. And he said, so I turned back around and I, I pulled in, pulled in the, drive, the parking lot and I got out of the car. And there's a, a, a little lady that goes to church, Mary Barlow, and she's actually going to Karis Bible College now in uh, Colorado Springs. But in any event, she was going in and he said, uh, he said, ma'am, will they let people like me in there? And she said, yeah, come on in. And so what, what, what uh, he didn't know was the greeters had saw him pull in and leave and look and leave, and the greeters all got together and said, let's pray you'll come back. And so they were, they were praying that he would come back. Well, he did. Well, he came in. I was, I was here ministering that Sunday. Pastor Michelle was there. And uh, so he came in and said under the word, and the Lord touched him, and Pastor Michelle came to him, and she said, uh, you need to meet my husband, and uh, he'll be back next week. You need to meet my husband. And I didn't know who the man was. I didn't know who he was. I'd never met him. But I came out the Wednesday that I was there, and I met him, and, and, and his name's James Alexander. And uh, uh, I looked at him, and I said, James, I am your pastor. I said, if you'll give the Lord six months, he'll turn everything around. Now, walk, now listen, where did this start? Go to that church. Go to that church, right? Now, the Lord knew what was going to happen. When the pandemic hit, COVID hit him hard. He liked to lost his life. But I'm flying out. I'm flying to California, and he's in the hospital, and I called him, and, and he answered the phone. Boy, you could hear him labored, breathing, and I'm saying, James, look, I'm with you. Everything's going to be okay. Yes, sir. Well, the Lord worked on him. I got back. Everything was fine. Well, here's the thing. So he's, he doesn't have anywhere to stay. He doesn't have anywhere to, to, right? And the Lord says to him, every time you see your pastor, you're sow a seed. Now, he's a cab driver. The seed, any seed that he ever sowed into my life was not Huge. You understand what I'm, I'm not making light of it, but it, you understand what I mean by that? Wasn't huge, but it was obedience. I'm sitting at the, stop, at the, the go light one afternoon, and all of a sudden I hear this on my window, and I'm thinking, dear Lord, you know, and I look, and it's James. He had saw me at the stoplight. What did the Lord tell him? Every time you see your pastor, sow a seed. He got out of his cab and ran around the car and gave me a seed in the middle of traffic. <laughs> the middle of traffic. He's chased me down from the church. Pastor, wait a minute. Right? Do I need to tell you today he's not homeless anymore? He just paid his truck off. I say just paid his truck off has a $9,000 Persian rug on his living room floor, a house full of furniture that I delivered. Somebody called me and said, would you deliver some furniture? We want to bless James. Brand new sofa, recliner, end tables, lamps, just out of the clear blue, blessed him. Amen. Amen. Engaged to a godly woman. 
going to be getting married soon, going to be planting a faith builder's church. How did that happen? It did not just occur because of the seed. The seed was a result of the obedience. God had to get him there first and then ask him to be obedient to do something else. If, if I'll take that first step of obedience, then God can say, now here's the next step, and here's the next step, and here's the next step. But if I won't first take that step of obedience, then there's no reason for God to tell me the next step. There's no reason. Do, do you understand that? And you've heard people say this, and I've heard them say it. They'll come to you and they'll say, well, you know, the Lord's been dealing with me to do this for a long time, and they haven't done it yet. What, what are they hindering? Notice I said they, not you. What are they hindering? I don't know. You may not know. But there are people that you look at and you think they should be farther along than they are. Why are they not farther along? Why are they still struggling with that? Some level of obedience. I've watched that in men a lot of times. Not just men, but I pick on men. So there you go. I've, I've watched that. I've, wa I've watched that about things that they, they put their eyes on, things... And, and, and I'll say, this is what you need to do, and this is what you need to do. I'd, I'd feel like a little boy if I had to do that. Oh, so you don't want to be obedient. At what price do you want to be free? It's not very much. Is that right? Think about that. If God says, I want you to sow a certain seed, and all you got is a dollar, your obedience to give a dollar could be your financial victory. Right? Remember I talked about not being ashamed of what you give, not being arrogant about how big, but not being ashamed of how small? Pastor Michelle used to give loud offerings. Change. Change. Listen, nobody knows where she was when she got a hold of the Word of God. I know because I was there. I saw it. Working every hour that she could work. Working, working at uh, O'Charlie's restaurant. Working for tips. Taking care of them. Taking care of our two oldest kids. I didn't have much more when we got married. Working at the Piggly Wiggly in the meat department. Amen. I don't work there anymore. Amen. You know, people look at our lives. Am I helping you all with this? People look at our lives and they say, boy, isn't that wonderful? It is. But here's the thing. People say, hadn't God been good? Mm-hmm. But it's like the story of the guy that walked by a house and he saw the house all, you know, uh, grown up with weeds and, and uh, uh, the bushes were all overgrown, the yard was overgrown. He thought, my goodness, isn't that a shame? He walked on down. Next week he came up. My goodness, the, the yard is, is mowed and, and the hedges are trimmed and the house is painted and everything's fixed and everything's repaired. And he stopped and went, my, my, what the Lord has done. The guy on the other side of the house sitting there took out his handkerchief and wiped the sweat off his brow and said, he should have seen it when the Lord had it by himself. So, yeah, the Lord has done great things for us. And they came on the other side of our obedience. Hallelujah. That's why I don't, I don't care what people think about any of the blessings of God in my life. The Lord told me one time, don't ever apologize for my blessings in your life. Because that didn't just happen. There's something attached to that. Is that right? And, and, and because, because he was dealing with me about this specifically financially, obedience will be reflected in your bank account. Just like honor will be reflected in your bank account. Amen. And I, and I, I, I certainly want you to be aware. I'm, I'm not saying anybody's disobedient. This is just, this is food to grow by. I say this is food to grow by. Hallelujah. And, and I've done this. we got two minutes till our hour powers up. So, hallelujah. 
it might be an hour and five minutes of power. But <laughs> the, 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 the point is, I've watched this in other areas. It's not just financial. There will be times God will say, I want you to read that book. Well, read the book. Well, I don't have any interest, but God said read the book. Just read it. I want you to go here. Just go. I said, just go. And whatever, why? Because it's there's something on the other side of your obedience. There's something there. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? I say, isn't the Lord good? And so when you look at your life and you think, man, it's so good, and it'll be so much better the more obedient you become. Just be willing to do it. Just, just be willing to do it. And amen. You know, I, I'm dealing with a situation right now, a couple of situations, where people are dealing with fear, and they don't want to take natural steps because they're dealing with fear. Well, those are the steps that they need to take. They need to be obedient to that. Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to take that treatment because, you know, I've, I've known other people. Don't let fear stop you from being obedient. Remember, go and do as you have said. Don't fear. Right? If God's telling you to have a procedure, don't fear. Just go have it. Well, I don't, I don't want to have surgery. Well, who does? Right? But if you're not moving it, if it's not changing... You need to be obedient. Right? Yeah, but, you know, all this happened to other people. That's other people. You're doing what God told you to do. Hallelujah. Well, if you'd like to give tonight, there is an offering envelope there in the seat back in front of you. You can certainly sow into the kingdom of God. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? And you know what? He's even better to the obedient. Praise God. Even better. I mean, wouldn't it stand to reason if he said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land? So, so think about this. If I'm not eating the good of the land, there's only one of two reasons. I'm either not willing or I'm not obedient. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. Come on, guys. Praise the Lord. Hold your seed up to the Lord tonight, would you, Father? We thank you for the seed being sown into the ground of the kingdom of God. And we thank you that as your people sow, Father, that they can expect a return up to and including 100-fold on their giving. Father, for we see that in your word. Therefore, we can claim it and we can expect it in our lives. We are so grateful for all you're doing for us. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We'll come rejoicing tonight. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Boy, the Lord's good. Father, we thank you for these seeds that have been sown tonight. We thank you that as your people have given, Lord, we call them blessed. We call them favored and we call them healed in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Say this. Say, I am expecting jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales, and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, Discounts and dividends, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills decreased, bills paid off, blessing and increase. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Let's stand up tonight. Praise the Lord God. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. My goodness, we could just shout a while. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? A bunch of blessed people. Blessed going in and coming out. Blessed in everything that you do. 
Everything your hands touch are blessed in the name of Jesus because the Lord God Almighty has showed you favor. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Ah, yeah, and this, this year of 2024 will not pass, saith the Lord, but there will be tremendous financial miracles and there will be tremendous financial breakthrough and many that have been believing to come out of debt, it will be so simple to see and so simple for it to happen. It'll be just like somebody opened the drain on a bathtub and the water just drained out. It'll just look like the debt just drained out of your life. But you'll know it was because of your obedience and it was because of your willingness to honor God. So every time you think about it, just rejoice and be exceedingly glad for that's my plan for this year for your life. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. <laughs> Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Amen.